Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hello, Southside, and happy Celebration Sunday to you. Happy birthday to you and you and you and you and you and you, to everybody. It's a great day. 16 years ago, on this weekend, we started the church at Southside. Well, I thought it's called Southside Church. It is. But we started with the church at Southside, but nobody could get the name right. They called it the church in the Southside, the church of the Southside, the church at the in the of the in the Southside. And I was like, forget that. Let's just simplify it. Southside Church is the name, and that's what God put in our heart from day one. I believe he put this mission inside of us to go and build real followers of Jesus Christ. And we believe here that relationships encourage action that lead to life change. And your relationship with Jesus is the primary instigate, the primary uh, conduit that, 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 that launches that in your life. Jesus is the life changer. And he is the one that wants to, to put a real faith inside of you, ignite that so that the vision of our church becomes reality, which is we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here in Northeast Georgia, and you are helping us be a part of that today. So today, as we celebrate, as we think about, remember, um, just just rejoice in all the things that God has done. Um, today is a, is a great day to make it a little extra a little extra on Sunday, more than the ordinary. And that's all the word, that's all extraordinary is. It's the extra that you put in into the ordinary daily routine of your life that adds something special. Today, the message title is called Too Legit to Quit. Hey, hey, a little MC Hammer reference for my early 90s people. And uh, I, I love the story that we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, really could be summed up in a word. Uh, it could be perseverance, could be faithfulness. It could be extraordinary. But it's about a man in the book of Genesis that we see at the end of Genesis, beginning in chapter 37, all the way to chapter 50. His name is Joseph. And today, we're going to look at him in light of the dream that God put in his heart as a teenager, and it became reality some 23 years after God gave it. Starting off, say this, all throughout the Bible, we see God doing extraordinary things through ordinary people, through people that are just like you and me. Now, it's very easy for us as we, and and guys like me have kind of added to this problem, but it's easy for us to read the Bible and, and disassociate ourselves from these people, making them somewhat almost like heroic superhero type figures, cartoon characters, because that's what we do. We call them Bible characters, which makes them appear to me less real. It makes their stories appear less um, uh, believable. And, And so it puts them on another place than you and I are. And so it makes us look at them and hold them in higher regard or or put them out in fantasy land and say, well, man, that's great for them. But God, where are you today? Well, I believe that 
God, according to his word, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is that for you, and he is that for me, and he was that for them, and the same things that he did in their life, he can do in yours today. I believe that. Why? Because God does extraordinary things through ordinary, common, everyday people. And so to say this, extraordinary moves of God begin with ordinary acts of obedience. As we go through the next six weeks, looking at different people all throughout the Bible, I'll promise you one thing will be consistent. One thing will stay the same. Ordinary, extraordinary moves of God begin with ordinary acts of obedience. And that's what we've seen today. We're seeing people make decisions for God. We're seeing them say yes to Jesus. We have seen that for six, 16 years. Very seldom, very seldom have we had a Sunday where someone did not accept Christ as their Savior. Very seldom have we had a month where someone was not baptized and take a stand and take a, a gigantic step of faith. That's phenomenal for 16 years. And I'm thankful for that today to be able to celebrate the thousands of people that have said yes to Jesus, the hundreds of people that have taken a step to be baptized, the people, the countless number of people that have volunteered, that have taken a step, that have joined Southside for certain periods of time and are even here today that started it with us 16 years ago and you who have made a decision to be at this place at this time to experience what I pray will be an extraordinary move of God in your life, but I promise you it will begin with an ordinary act of obedience. And so God is looking for ordinary people through which he can do the extra. The question today is, could that be you? Could that be you? Today, I'm going to talk about dreams. And I want to lead with this. Don't give up on your dreams. I think a lot of times this is, this, it would be easy for us to maybe turn off the message and kind of disconnect from this moment because the older we get, the less we dream. As a kid, we dream. As a kid, we, we, we imagine, we fantasize, we think about all of these different things, the things that we want to be when we grow up. The first thing that I wanted to be, I wanted to be the Lone Ranger. I did. I just wanted to be the Lone Ranger. I love the TV show, The Lone Ranger. That was such a powerful thing. I wanted to be a cowboy. I love, I, I love the song, Like a Rhinestone Cowboy. Man, Glenn Campbell, he was the man on that LP, that little vinyl record. I played it over and over and over again. I loved that. But then it shifted. I began to look at, I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to do all these things. I had all kinds of dreams. And then when I got into playing sports, I wanted to be this kind of athlete, or I wanted to do this. And then when I got to college, I, I began to dream about success and the right kind of career path and those kind of things. And then I met the prettiest girl in the world, and pretty girl evangelism brought me to Jesus, and God began to work in my life. And I began to take ordinary steps of obedience in my faith. And God did it and used it to take me out of a shell and, and do something different with my life. And even launching Southside Church, there was a dream. There was a dream to one day not be one location, but many. And, and to be able to see God work and move and those kind of things. But I'll promise you this, it has not been easy. It's never easy 
It's, it's easy to dream. What it's not easy to do is to follow it because it's so easy to give up on our dreams. And we see that today in the life of a young man named Joseph. Genesis chapter 37. Download the Southside Church app. Go to the weekend services. Go to the sermon notes. Find the sermon notes there. Follow along with me. Bring your Bible. Open you version up on your phone. Whatever you do, open the Word of God today. Bring a pen with you to church. Man, take the notes from today. Study them through the week. Ask yourself, God, what kind of dream can you put in my heart? What kind of dream can you resurrect and bring back to life? What do you want to do through me that helps me go and change the world? Don't give up on your dream. The first thing we see is the dream is given. The next thing we see is the dream is imprisoned. And finally, we see the dream being realized. Number one, the dream given. Jacob, otherwise known as Israel, lived in the land where his father had stayed. And the land, it was the land of Canaan. And these are the family records of Jacob, the patriarch. At 17 years of age, Joseph, his son, tended sheep with his brothers. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors for him. Joseph was his favorite. I mean, I've got three kids, and I tell them all, you're my favorite. I mean, whether you believe this or not, it's too bad for you, but I'm God's favorite. I mean, he, he, I'm, the, I'm the most favorite person in all of the world, okay? And I believe that. I, well, actually, sometimes I really don't, but, but, but I'm saying that to you today because I want that to be a reality in my life. God, I'm his favorite. But in, in, when I look at my three kids, you know what? They really are, all three, my favorite. I love all of them as much as you possibly can, and I want the best for their life, and I love them individually. And I believe God does the same for you. You could even say today, when you look in the mirror tonight, when you go home or this afternoon or you get up in the morning, say to yourself, hey, self, I'm God's favorite today. Point in the mirror and say, you are God's favorite. And believe it and know it because God loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Joseph was his father's favorite, and he made him a special coat that signified that over all of his other siblings. And when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than them, they hated him for it. And they could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. They didn't even, it's not that they treated him poorly, they didn't even speak to him kind. And then the Bible says, then Joseph had a dream. Then Joseph had a dream, and his dream was all about him rising up above his brothers, the first dream. And, and, and then the second dream was he didn't just rise above his brothers. He, rise, he rose above his father, his mother, his entire family, which signified and represented an entire race of people. And so God had given him that dream. Now at 17 years old, he was just foolish enough to know, to not know any better. He shared that dream with his brothers. He thought maybe his brothers would affirm that in his life. Maybe he was just bragging and he wanted to share that of what God had shared with him. And so Joseph told them his dream. And then the second dream came along and he didn't just tell them, he told his dad. But none of them, none of them actually affirmed that in his life. His brothers didn't like him. His father said, what are you saying? You're going to even rise above me? 
And so that's what we see in this story. Joseph had a dream. See, I believe some things that I want to share with you today. God's blessing for someone else shouldn't be a source of frustration for you, but it is. We see God's favor on someone else or someone else's family or their life, and we become jealous because those things aren't happening to us. I believe God's dreams are specific. I believe they're specific to your gifts, your talents, and your abilities and to the things that God wants to do directly in you and through you for his glory. See, God's plan for your life, it's not a reason to brag, but it is something to share. See, I believe we all need people in our life that we can share the good, the bad, and the ugly with. It's the power of the local church. It's the power of small groups. It's the power of serving. It's the power of accountability and mentoring others to be able to, 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 to share our greatest struggles, our greatest difficulties, our greatest failures, but also our successes, our dreams, our desires, our goals, our wishes. Do you have somebody like that in your life? And, and, and because just because God gives it to you, it's not something that we brag about, but it is something that we ought to share. But most of the time, too often, we give up on our dreams in the early stages when, our, when they are at their most fragile. And we see that here in the life of Joseph. Joseph had a dream, and the closest people in his life did not affirm it nor support it. In other words, in other, and, 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 and this is what they did. Instead, they mocked it, made fun of him, and put him down. This, this was the stage of the dream where it's the most fragile where it could just be gone in a moment. My kids share dreams with me and, and, and with Candy. I, the last thing we want to do is deflate those dreams or tell them that that's not possible. I want to pray with them in those dreams. I want to believe them in those dreams. I want to believe with them and walk with them to see those dreams happen in their life. But if we want to see extraordinary acts of God happen for us, they begin with ordinary steps of obedience. And so... Today, point number one, when the dream is given and it's in a fragile state, I want you to do this. Don't give up on your dream, even if it doesn't start off well. I, 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 Southside was that way for us. It, 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 started, it started well. It was a great place. It was, a great, it, was a, it was an awesome beginning, but a year into it, it all fell apart. It all fell apart and just about everybody left. And we were left to sit there and look around at the shambles and wonder, do we stay or do we go? Is this the it? Is this it? Is this the end? God called us here for a year and that was all. But that was not what Candy and I believed God was leading us to do. We didn't believe that he called us here to leave at the first sign of adversity. But instead to stay. And for a year, I promise you, it was just pure survival picking up the pieces, going again, wondering, would anybody show up the next Sunday? And they did. And after a while, we began to find places where God was moving and where people were being saved and, and, and things. I'll tell you, this was powerful for me. One of the first Sundays after that moment where I'm wondering, God, are you still here? God, do you want us to still stay? I'll never forget a guy by the name of Shane Williams. 
a guy who was sitting in our service because of a friend that invited him to church. And he was at rock bottom. He was at a place of, 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 of just finality in his life. He was like, is there any hope? And he heard the gospel story of Jesus. He gave his life to Christ, baptized, went all in for Jesus. And I promise you, 16 years later, that man is more on fire for Jesus than anybody you could possibly imagine. But I've told him this several times. He'll never know what him saying yes that day did for the dream that God put in my heart. It allowed me to keep going even when it didn't start off well. When God gives you a dream, he gives it to you to see it through, not for it to end. Number two, what happens when the dream is imprisoned? Because God will give dreams but what happens if the dream doesn't, doesn't go the way we think it should go? Because here's reality. We all, we all have desires and dreams and goals and wishes and plans, whatever you want to call them. We've got things that we want to accomplish. And we want more than anything for those things to go well, for the road to be smooth, for the sailing to be easy. We want everything to come to us. And when a problem strikes or when difficulty occurs, we stop and we wonder, is it, is this, is this right? Is this the right path? Is this the right dream? God, what are you doing? God, where are you? What am I doing wrong? When in reality, it may be God working in you because of the magnitude and the size of the dream that he has to peel away some things in your life, mature you, get you to a place where he can do the extra in you to even do greater things than you could possibly imagine. That's what we see in the life of Joseph. It says, so Joseph set out after his brothers and he found them at Dothan. Not Alabama though, he didn't go there. <laughs> but nevertheless, Joseph set out after his brothers and he found them. Why did he go there? Because his dad said, your brothers are out tending the sheep in Dothan. Go check on them and bring a report back to me. Joseph, you're my, you're my family tattletale. Go find out what your brothers are doing and, <clears throat> excuse me, come back and give me a report. But his brothers saw him in the distance. And before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. They saw him coming in his coat of many colors. And this is what they said. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. <coughs> Here comes the dreamer. That's what they saw him as. It's funny when you see people like Joseph who is a teenager and he's high on life and he's got great ambition, great goals, great dreams, great drive, great determination. Uh, there are a lot of people, there are probably more people than not that will oppose that dream in your life. For young people today that have dreams of greatness or whatever it is you want to achieve, I pray that you would find people and you would find them here. You'd find them in your house. You'd find them at school, your teachers, your coaches, that would believe in your dream, that would pour into it. But I promise you this, no one will speak greater things into your life and do more through your life than the Lord Jesus Christ. And so give your dream to him. Ask him for the dream that he has for you. And know that when the dream is given, there will come a time in your life where the dream will be imprisoned, where it feels like it has stopped, 
where it feels like there's no furtherance of it, when it feels like you're going to have to shift gears and change course. And that's what happened in the life of Joseph. His brother said, here come that dreamer. And this is what they said. Come on, let's kill him. <laughs> let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits. And we can say that a vicious animal ate him. <laughs> and they said, then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Well, here's the problem that these young men didn't realize or these older men didn't realize. The dream wasn't, wasn't Joseph's dream. The dream was God's dream given to Joseph. And when God starts something in your life, no man, no devil, no demon can stop it because they didn't start you and they can't stop you. And so the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. Well, what happened between that time? What happened between let's see what becomes of his dreams and the Lord was with Joseph? Well, it was easy. They decided not to kill him because one of his brothers took up for him. So instead, they threw him into the pit by himself, and then they sat down and ate a meal. <laughs> they were eating a meal. I can picture Joseph down in this pit going, hey, guys, okay, enough's enough. Let me out. And all of a sudden, a band of gypsies come by, and they're coming by going on their way to Egypt to sell their goods and to trade their goods. And they said, look, we can sell him to the gypsies, to the Ishmaelites. And so we can take the money for ourselves. We'll divide it up. We'll take his coat. We'll, we'll rip it up. We'll dip it in blood. We'll go home and tell our dad that somebody, that a vicious animal ate him. And that's exactly what they did. They sold their brother for 20 pieces of silver. And the Ishmaelites went on in to Egypt, and Joseph was sold to a man named Potiphar, a high-ranking official in the Egyptian government. And the Bible says that when that happened, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. And that happened for a while. He was there and Potiphar entrusted everything in his home to him. But Potiphar's wife really had a thing for Joseph. And she, 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 one day when her husband, and she made several advances toward him. And Joseph would always push them away. And Joseph was like, how can I do something like this and, and take the trust of my master and disobey him like this, dishonor him like this? And on top of that, how can I dishonor my God? And so he constantly refused her advances. But one day it was just him and her in the house. And she called, she reached out for him and grabbed him and said, come be with me. And Joseph ran, took his coat, left his coat with him, with her. And he went out. Now she's got something. Of his, and she starts screaming and saying, look at what this Jewish man did. Look at what this man did who my husband brought in. And so when Potiphar found out about it, he became furious and he had, he had Joseph thrown into prison. I mean, think about Joseph. He's all, he's, he, he has this dream at 17. He shares it with his family. They refuse it. Then he goes to check on his brothers. They throw him in a pit. They sell him to a band of gypsies. They take him to Egypt, sell him to Potiphar. He becomes successful because the Lord was with him. And now he finds himself in prison. But again, the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. And he granted him favor in the, high, in the eyes of the prison warden. And the warden entrusted <coughs> everything in the prison to Joseph under his care. And that's where he remained. And so the Bible says that the warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything that he did successful. When you, when, you see, when you see this take place, I, I, I saw this, I wrote this down, and 
it just said, even when life didn't make sense to Joseph, life or his life made sense to God. I'm trying to put myself in his situation. It's a roller coaster of up and down. And, and God gives him a dream at 17, and now over the course of some 23 years, Joseph finds himself imprisoned with gypsies. He finds himself sold as a slave, and then he finds himself betrayed and thrown into prison. And so when I see this, and I think about the dream being imprisoned, the point comes to me, don't give up on your dream, even if others don't support you. Don't give up on your dream, even if others don't believe in you. Don't give up on your dream, even if you find yourself discouraged and you don't believe in yourself. Because when the dream is given, oftentimes it's imprisoned. But when you push through with ordinary acts of obedience, the dream can be realized. I'll tell you a year, several years, three or four years ago, standing up on this very day and talking about launching a campus in Commerce, Georgia. It seemed so far away, yet it also seemed like it could be such a reality. And then COVID strikes, something we never saw coming. I can't tell you the number of people that I, I've talked to or we heard from that, that laughed at us, that looked at us with some curious disbelief. You're planning a church in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, in the midst of all this uncertainty? Why? I mean, it, the look on their face, it, it, it seemed to say, why would you do something so foolish? And the answer in my heart was simply this, because we believe that God said to do it. God had provided the place, the funds, and the people. And I believe he provided the man to lead it. And I wasn't going to say no to Cole Parker. I was not going to say no to Tanger Outlet Malls. I was not going to say no to the people that gave. And not, I was not going to say no to the people that rallied around it and said, let's go. And I'm not going to say no to you today because you help make that dream reality. When the dream is realized, it's far sweeter than you could ever possibly imagine. Because two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I've heard it said about you that you hear dreams and you can interpret them. And Joseph simply said, I'm not able to. It's God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And so Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one as intelligent and wise as you are. You will be over my house and all my people will obey your commands. Only with regard to the throne of Egypt will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said, see, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Joseph, standing here in this one moment, goes from the prison, the depths of the prison, to the heights of leadership in the most powerful nation in the world. 
the latter part of the story, his brothers are sent there because of this famine and, and, and because of the goods that, that Joseph, God led him to provide for the land of Egypt. And his brothers came and they bowed before him and that he reveals himself to them. It's a powerful story of God's redemption. And this is what I see all throughout it. And the Lord was with Joseph. Listen to this. Just because things don't go as planned, it's no reason to give up. Look at Joseph, misunderstood by his family. Did he give up? No. Sold into slavery by his brothers. Did he give up? No. Looking at a, in a strange country, or living in a strange country far away from home, did he give up? No. Given Pharaoh in Favor's house, that gave him the courage to go on. Wrongly accused by Pharaoh's wife, give up? No. Thrown into prison, give up? No. Put in charge of all the prisoners, it gave him a little more juice to go on. Forgotten by the chief butler, give up? No. Remained in prison for two more years, give up? No. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream, it gave him the courage to go on and he became second in command in Egypt. The dream given, the dream in prison, but then the dream is realized. That's what we see in this story. And it all begins with a simple yes. A yes from you to take a simple step of faith, believe God for the extraordinary things to happen in your life. Don't give up on your dream even if it takes longer for you to realize. And I'll say this, nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. So don't give up on God because I promise you, he is definitely not giving up on you. Today, today is a day to celebrate. It's a day to rejoice because of the dreams that God has placed in people's hearts and lives are being realized. And the dream giver is still putting dreams in people's hearts. The dream stealer is still trying to imprison them and stop you from moving forward. But the one who gives the dream is the one powerful enough to see you all the way to the accomplishment and furtherance of that dream. So don't give up on God because he has not given up on you. And so wherever you are today, celebrating with us 16 years of church ministry, what step of faith can you take today? Where do you need to take your faith? What simple step and act of obedience can you take today that can bring massive life change? into your life? Where do you need to open a door to allow the Spirit of God to move and work inside of you? It's a decision that only you can make. And so I invite you today to come say yes to Jesus for his salvation, for his forgiveness, for your sin. Come say yes to Jesus and visit us at one of our campuses. Come and be a part. Take a step of obedience and be baptized. Take a step of obedience and serve. Get in a group. Reach out to us and say, help me grow in my faith. And let us see God help you become a real follower of Jesus. We invite you to help us make it real easy to go to heaven from right where you are. God bless you today. Happy birthday to you. Have a great Sunday.